Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, episode 106 today, with the lovely Dean Menzel. How are you, Dean? I'm excellent, Darren. So good to be on the show today. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And we just mentioned you, you're down in Melbourne, but you did your makeup, did your hair, you're excited. I'm very happy to give you some something to look forward to today. I was going to say, yeah, I'm glad that we're on video today. Though I didn't do this for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So for everybody out there, I've got a great show about one of my favourite topics, music. So we're going to be talking about jingles that survive the decades. We're going to be mixing music and marketing. So it's going to be a fascinating episode. And for everybody who doesn't know Dean, let me give you a little bit more insight into who she is. So Dean Menzel is the founder and creative director of Branfin, a multi-award winning sonic brand design agency in Melbourne. With an authentic approach to amplifying visual brand recognition with music for audio, inclusive channel reach, as well as dynamic music-based virtual team experiences, Branfin is a dynamic industry leader in the brand engagement and marketing space. Dean is also the host of the Music Is Life Project podcast, her own podcast on Apple and Spotify, which takes a raw and real look at how music connects us, sharing stories, challenging ideas, and exploring some pretty fascinating things about music that you didn't know were even possible. So welcome, Dean. How are you doing? I'm excellent. And I'm going to hire you to do all my intros, yeah? <laughs> you got it. You got it. With pleasure. <laughs> so, Dean, let's get into it. I'm fascinated by this area that you work in because, you know, the first person I've ever met really that's been working in jingles and, you know, market music for marketing. So tell us, obviously, you're a musician. You must be a musician. Yeah, look, I've, I've been around music for a lot of my life, you know, since I was five and my mum, you know, got my sister and I to start learning how to play the Kimball organ. I don't know if you remember those organ, things back then. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like a keyboard and it's like got two levels and it's like, it's from the 70s, you know, oh like they used to have them in the 70s. Well, they, they had them before that as well, with the pedals. Oh yeah. um, you know, not, not the, the uh, most popular of, of instruments, but yeah. start learning that. But that's where I fell in love with music. So, yeah. um so from the age of five and, and, uh, and my story starts there. <laughs> oh, when I was young, I used to play the recorder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Those, the things that drive the, you, you know, the parents are in the other room going, but, um, and so then how did you, how did you, you know, move through that journey of being a musician yourself and what did you do as a musician into working in music and marketing? Okay. Well, as, as I said, from a very young age, you know, actually it was, uh, it came from a Catholic family. So started out, um, you know, my ears pricked up one day while I was sitting in church because I never used to pay attention to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> the priest was talking about a youth choir. So that was my first sort of like entrance into, into the music world, playing in a band. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a band sort of back then. Um, and we made church cool. You know, we ended up doing a lot of things. I started when I was 13 and, and um, ended up leaving that when I was in my oh, early 20s, you know, really? so I wasn't much of a youth anymore after that. But, but through that time, I got to learn, um, you know, uh, I was 
playing for weddings as well, like um, church wow. organist for weddings and nice. earning 300 bucks a week, you know, which is not a bad wicket for a you right. know, 15 year old kid. Um, so, you know, that was that. And then uh, obviously finishing high school, didn't know what to do. You'd think I was actually going to do music while I was at school, but yeah. I didn't. I actually did a lot of, um, you know, other subjects like accounting, really boring stuff. Yeah. I mean, sorry to all the accountants out there. <laughs> I, you know, no offence there. Um, accounting it was is boring, boring back then. Nowadays yeah. you're probably enjoying it. Yeah, now it's, it's really cool. Um, but, you know, after leaving uh, school, you know, studied at RMIT, got my accounting degree, but mm -hmm. still loved music. So I was taking singing lessons. Nice. I joined a band, um, yep. which I was in for about seven years. It was Ooh. a girl band. Um, was the band? It was called Trinity. It was uh, following, you know, the wave of the Spice Girls and all that oh, kind of cool. stuff. Oh, my gosh. You know, oh. like, so So we, we sort of um, segued from pop to R&B and then we ended up becoming this rock chick outfit. Um, nice. So I did that for seven years. Uh, and, and that gave me um, my first introduction into songwriting and I fell wow. in love with songwriting, wow. um, which I still, you know, love to this day. And so after that, the band broke up, as all good bands do. <laughs> this one a wasn't solo artist. I know, this one wasn't because of like a Yoko Ono or somebody like coming into the band or anything. <laughs> so it's, but the band disbanded. And, um, and so I actually, um, after working again in, in sort of account in the accounting field, um, uh, I, a cousin of mine sort of said, oh, why don't you start teaching music because you love it so much. So, um, so I started with one student and created out of that a performance, uh, performing arts academy, um, uh, which had, you know, quite a few students, you know, we had like about four or five locations, four or five teachers across wow. Melbourne and a couple of choirs. So I did that for about 10 years. Mm. Um, so I've had, as you can see, I've had a bit of a, uh, you yeah. know, difference in, in bands, you know, choirs. I loved choir because I love, um, I love voices, arranging voices, but I love connecting people. And I've kept that to this day too. Nice. Um, so the choirs uh, after, you know, about 10 years and got married, had a baby and life yeah. just, turned upside down and um and i and something had to give because i was working six days a week you know with this performing arts uh company and so i gave away the music for a while um and uh and then i was at i was stay at home mum i was just uh, i was with a baby and um and i thought to myself you know i still have to be creative in some way you know obviously i can't work six days a week but i, I want to be creative so out of writing a book i don't know where that came from but i had an inspiration to write a book and i through that i met a lady who um who basically helped me publish that book and um and it became a number one bestseller in the us and um and australia it was called amazing. the voice factor the voice yeah. that's amazing well done yeah oh thank you um it was a great book because through that i met um, I was really, really fortunate. Um, and somebody put me in touch with Kate Sobrano, who liked wow, the concept, yeah. and she wrote. My, she actually wrote my forward for that book, um, and that's how I met Kate. Who um, I'm just sort of like yeah. trying to power through because it's quite a bit of a, a history that I have with music. Um, but but after I wrote the book and I was teaching online for a while, and um, and I really wanted to do a bit more, um, so uh, I had seen this guy this guy in uh, it's an american guy his name's eric whitaker 
and I'd seen him several years back and he'd created a virtual choir. Yeah, I know you all see the virtual choirs that are around now, like pub choir and, and so forth, that are do couch choir, I think it's called yep. now. Um, there's so many coming out of the woodwork with the pandemic, but this is four years ago. And I said to um, I said to myself, you know, I want to do something with this, you know, like I want to create a virtual choir and I want to, you know, bring together people from all around the world. So I roped Kate into it. I said, you know, messaged her and said, oh, look, I've got this concept. I want to do it. Um, it's, you know, we're going to get people together via smartphone and we're going to, you know, I want to redo Waltzing Matilda. Let's see how it goes. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, count me in. <laughs> and I thought, okay. So we actually created this. Um, hopefully we'll be able to put a link to this as well um, in the transcript. Sure. But we, uh, we got 200 people uh, together from 24 different countries. And, um, and this was our rewrite of Waltzing Matilda. Kate sang the lead on it. Oh, how cool. Awesome. 30,000 people, um, you know, viewed it over the world, um, you know, share, hundreds of shares, you know, and, and for a song that is um, quite patriotic to Australia, I was really surprised as to how well it was received for me to change the words, <laughs> you know, to start off with, but, um, but also to make it have a global message. So, and did you do the, did you make up the new arrangement for that? You did that all yeah. yourself? Yeah. yeah, I wrote that one and it just brought together my love for songwriting and nice. my love for vocal arranging as well and, yeah. and choir. Um, but that it was just I think to date it's really just one of the most special projects that I've done because um, it really says to me that music you know regardless of where you come from what your background is whether you're old young you know whatever you know music is something that's quite it's a common thread for all of us we all Definitely. love it um, music otherwise, is universal it is universal. it is even it if is. you don't understand the language a music or a melody can touch you regardless of who you are, of what language you speak, of where you live in the world, etc. It is, isn't it? And um, oh, that's so true. And, and that was just such um, such a validation for that. So look, that that project really, um, you know, led me on to other things, and that's how I sort of um, wanted to innovate and yep. and create some new things. And that led me to to creating Grantham in 2016. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I was really, really uh, excited to do that. Oh, that's awesome. And just before, I'm not going to let you get away too quick. Your book, your best-selling book, what was it about? Oh, look, I was teaching voice for many years. And one thing that was quite interesting to me was that there'd, people, there'd be people walking through my door saying, oh, you know, I don't, like, I don't feel like, you know, I'm a good singer or, or you know, people have told me that I shouldn't sing. Or, and they had all these, you know, um, sort of, Self-doubts or criticisms or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, um, and so they'd always also gone to other teachers who's, who were talking in this language, because this, there's a, a language of music in a way, yeah. you know, all these sort of terms and jargon that um, singing teachers use, and, and they found it quite hard to understand. So yeah. I just wanted to write a simple book. It, it was not meant to be like, you know, the holy grail of music yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. It was just basically a really simple how to read, um, or not how to read music, but how how to understand the basics of music. And I wrote it in plain English. I used a lot of analogies nice. and um, videos, you know, and interactive sort of videos that, that could um, be really, uh, you know, easy to understand three ba basic concepts. One is pitch, which is like yep. easy to stay in tune. Um, number two is rhythm because, you know, that's a fundamental of music. And three is just how to communicate it. And that was it. And, oh, wow. um, and, yeah, it was called The Voice Factor um, and the tagline for it was from the shower to the stage in uh, five easy steps. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Do you sing in the shower? The shower to the shower? stage. I love it. 
Oh my Spot god! Spot a sequel from the shower to the car. Uh, <laughs> carpool karaoke, yes, oh, will be the yeah. sequel. <laughs> well done! Oh, that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to putting the link to that as well in the show notes because people can check that out. Please, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you started Brantham in 2016, and where does the name come from, Brantham? Where did that come from? Well, it's a fusion of two words, brand and anthem. Um, funnily enough, the, the business was actually called Voice Your Brand in the beginning. I started it um, back then um, with my then business partner and we were actually out of a cover band together. That's how we met. Oh my God. <laughs> For all who, people who love cover bands and that's yeah. how we met. He's a guitarist and, um, yeah. and so, yeah, we, we decided to do, um, to bring together people with team building you know, music yeah. team building at the start. That's where Voice Your Brand, we sort of, that's how we started. And then we joined a business network and we found that like almost the majority of all those people didn't have big teams to, to bring together. And we thought, what are we going to do here with this? So, um, so that's where we created Brantham because we, we saw that a lot of these people and with the, the um, introduction of social media, everybody is trying to market themselves. Everybody's yeah, trying to be different. Everybody's trying to, you know, cut through that noise. And so, um, and so what we found was that, you know, a lot of people were using visuals and text, um, but nobody was using this universal thing called music that so we all true. connect with. Um, so, so that's where we created that concept of, um, of a brand then where, um, where it could be a connective point between a brand and um and its target audience and i i know before you mentioned jingles and we used to actually hate the word jingles because <laughs> because you know that sort of cheesiness that is associated with jingles yeah. but um you know the thing with jingles being brand and tagline we really wanted to and especially me as a songwriter um where music is about connection i really wanted to get out of that brand tagline sort of thing for music and sort of say well a brand can connect with its target audience if the audience knows it it understands it so yeah. like um so by being relevant to the message um for the target audience that's where we were writing from the, the target audience perspective rather than that brand ta um, tagline so that was the gap for us and we found that a lot of businesses really loved that concept um resonated it it was a lot of forward thinking businesses really that yeah. took to it so yeah. um, we were very lucky oh that's amazing and i can imagine i mean it's what a, what a great novel fresh idea to start thinking about music as your marketing tool rather than just a video or a graphic or a photo or a catchphrase or whatever else but using music or maybe integrating music into some of those things and putting them together. Yeah. So maybe exactly. tell us a bit more about, you know, the role of music. How does that fit in? How does music, obviously music has a, um, there's a mechanism that allows us to remember something because it gets ingrained in our head. If it's a catchy tune or a catchy something, you know, we sublimely remember that and, and um, associate that with a particular brand. So tell us more about that, how that works. Exactly. I mean, look, we all we all grew up with, or well, most of us grew up with um, jingles of the eighties. Uh, yeah. You know, airplane jelly. Oh my mind. god, I still remember the airplane jelly song. Yeah, I love. Oh no, no, where I can sing that because of copyright. Um, but uh, but have, you know, Vegemite, Happy Little Vegemite. Yeah. You know, even Qantas. Qantas used that. I still call Australia home. Yeah. Um, you know, music has that way of really, um, especially when it's 
you know, repetitive and it's used over yeah. the long term. Um, it has that ability to um, just not just connect here, but connect in your heart as well. Um, so, um, so the thing with, with music, and I did a little challenge. I don't know whether or not it'd be uh, great for your audience here. It, it, I really? did a little experiment for my podcast community and I, um, and I pieced together 60 songs. And I, all I did was I got one second of each of those songs and I pieced them together to see how many um, people could identify a song by just hearing one second of it. Nice. Now, I thought, look, you know, not many people could do it. But, um, but out of 60 songs, I think our highest score was like 58. And it was only Whoa, because there were incredible. two songs that she didn't know. Wow. Um, but that just goes to show that how familiar songs are. We don't have to hear a, an entire song to, yeah. um, to associate it with something. And, um, and with all the channels that are out there, we look at, for, for brands, and we look at a, uh, like a brand or the brand real estate, I suppose, um, just yeah. as like a graphic designer would see a logo. You know, you can embed your logo on your website, on your business cards, on your T-shirts, on yep. your pens, anything. Um, you know, but then you've got this other side where we've got these audio inclusive channels like video, podcast, you know, like yeah. smart speakers, you know, like uh, Google Assistant, you know, you've even got like phone messaging and you've got live events as well. Yes. There are all these um, audio channels that people are either filling in with generic stock music, which is that free stuff that you hear on, yeah. on, um, on videos. Um, also licensed pop music, uh, which... I, I have a bit of a philosophy about that. If the song that you're using is bigger than you, don't use it. Otherwise, who's your audience thinking of? That's true. Um, That's a really good point, yeah. And silence, which really um, doesn't serve you either. So I, I'm a big believer that, um, that there are audio channels out there that you're already using. Um, it's whether or not you want people to remember you in those ways as well, in addition to your logo. So yeah. that's how I feel about, uh, you know, having music in brand. Fantastic. And I think it's a perfect time right now because, you know, they say voice technology is the next frontier. Video is, is, is what's happening right now. Videos is going to be here for, forever. Yeah. But it's, the next frontier is going to be voice technology. And yeah. what better place to use music in your branding when we start working more with voice devices and exactly. using voice for our marketing. Exactly. Um, you know, in the news a couple of weeks ago, Intel just redid their, uh, their audio jingle. Yeah. Um, it's the, similar to what they, they had before. Um, they also redid their visual branding as well. Yeah. So it's all, you know, uh, you, know, do, 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 you know, the Intel um, logo. And can you imagine on a smart speaker, you don't even have to hear somebody say Intel, you'll already know that's them or even McDonald's, you know, the yeah. do, 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 you know, it's, you don't have to hear the word McDonald's yeah. anymore. And these companies who have invested in their Sonic branding years ago are now going to reap the rewards of it, especially as these audio platforms um, emerge more. Definitely. So really, this is like a, just the beginning for you in terms of Brantham and what you can do because the technology is just about to kick off to utilize all these new, um, these new ideas. Oh, yeah. It's and just you beginning. Know, uh, I'm loving it. Oh, in the words of McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
but it's it's great you know it's our philosophy our tagline is music is life you know and and it really um you know shows that regardless of what era we're in you know we are moving or audio will always be a part of technology or, or the human connection because we love it so much we, we connect with it so much yeah. oh wow and now is is music and you know sonic branding just for our customers or is does it have a benefit for our own brand or our, ourselves or our morale or is there other hidden benefits that i might not know about Oh, look, I, I think that's an absolutely brilliant question. And, um, and it opens the door also to another offering that we offer, which is called Brand Jam. Okay. Um, we, we created Brand Jam from our original team building um, idea of Voice of Brand back in the, back in the day, <laughs> in the, <laughs> back when we started. And, um, and it is because branding is not just about connecting with your customers. It's about connecting with your people. Yeah. And, um, and so our brand jam uh, team building, it actually gets the brand purpose, you know, at the forefront, gets the, your people to understand and connect with your brand purpose, but also connect with each other. And then it's nice. got these, you know, as they're writing, because they're writing a song and or collaborating with, um, yeah. together to create an anthem for themselves, um, you know, for what they stand for. Uh, it's it's such a great um, way to team build as well. You know, I, I know we've got team building uh, things out there like, you know, scavenger hunts and trivia nights and all sorts of things, but this really um, connects your brand to your people. So, and, and bringing it together with music is such a great way to celebrate it. I, mean, I can imagine, you know, I remember being in the corporate boardrooms and corporate meeting rooms where we used to just spend half a day working on our mission statements and our vision statements. So dry. But can oh. you imagine if we were putting a jingle together or, or an anthem together, how fun that would have been? It would be. But you know what? You get everybody on the same page, yeah. firstly, in a two-minute song. Yeah. And like, you know, there'd be... Because I think the other thing too is that people forget, you know, it's like you ask an employee, so what's the mission statement? They'd be like, um, I'm trying to remember the wording of what it is, you know, yeah. but imagine if, you know, like... You've got this, song, this little tune yeah. song. And then the other thing is that every time someone hears that song again in the future, it takes them back to that phase when they were putting it together and puts them emotionally back in that place where they're all together having fun. So that reinforces the morale. Yeah, so and the culture, and and it's also great as um, as an induction tool. I mean, like, what better way to share your values than you know, like, with something that you've created that reflects your brand, your mission, your purpose, and whoever's coming into that organisation hears that alongside a lot of other visuals, yeah. and um, and sort of says, "Yeah, I get it," you know. I love so, it. I love yeah. it. How cool. I'm, I'm jealous. You're having so much fun. <laughs> You can come in. Yeah, I'm coming. Come into my studio. <laughs> and obviously that's your home studio? Yeah, yeah. It's our transformed garage many, many years ago, nice. as many as many musos do, but um, it's my uh, equivalent of a man cave. Yeah. And how many instruments have you got in there? Oh, look, my main instrument is piano, um, but, you know, I've got a couple of keyboards here and we've got like our, our interface. We work with, um, I've got a great mate who's been, um, who's been a friend of mine since the band days and, um, and he's a producer. So we, oh, 
it's my happy place to go there and visit him, especially when we're not in lockdown. And nice. uh, he's got a lot of instruments in there too. So, oh. but my main writing instrument's that thing back there. That's a, that's a, that's a baby grand or a grand? It's a baby grand, baby yeah. Grand. My other baby. Oh, <laughs> nice. What brand is it? That's actually a Wertheim. I don't know if you're familiar with the brand, oh. but, um, but it was made for the Australian conditions. Okay. So, uh, because I don't know um, if you know much about pianos, but they can obviously, like the strings, can get affected, especially in heat and yeah. cold and so forth. Um, but this one's made for the Aussie conditions. I haven't had to tune it too many times. It's been great. Fantastic. How cool is that? I've learned something today. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. So, Dean, tell us a bit more about Brantham and, you know, the, the ways that you work, whether it's with team building, um, execution or with regards to building those anthems that are going to be remembered forever? Oh, look, I'll start with Brantham um, because like it really is about understanding your target audience. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of say to me, um, actually, I had a client once say to me, oh, we love Queen. Can you write us a song that is very <laughs> yeah. Queen? Can you write you us know? Bohemian Rhapsody too? Yeah, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, Mark too. Got, yeah. Gotta love it. I mean, like, uh, and and if I was writing any other song, I would say, yep, no problem. However, I said to them, you know what? A brand, a, what we're doing here is we're creating something that is going to resonate with your target audience. So guess what? This isn't about you. It's about them. Right. So, um, so we do a complete diagnostic. I love calling it um, a couch dive <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, like when you're diving into a couch and you see all the, you know, besides all the crappy stuff, like the peanuts that you left, like... <laughs> I know you might find a couple of coins or a $50 note or, a, you yeah. know, um, you, you never know what you can find. And those are the little treasures that are in there. So we do a bit of a couch dive um, with a brand and, and, um, and that's our initial diagnostic. We have to understand the target audience, the, their language, the genre, the demographic, you know, um, you know, their interests and so forth. Right. Sometimes we even go right in there and we experience the product or service ourselves because we have to really understand what the messaging is going to be. We've got to get it right. Yeah. And so that's where we begin. And, um, and we usually say to our clients, okay, well, we can either finish here at which point, you know, you guys can take this and what we come up with as a report is a complete marketing plan for you. You could take that and run if you want, or you can, or we can continue at which point we just, you know, deduct the fee for, of what we, we've done already out of that and we create something freaking awesome for you. Um, <laughs> so, so that's where we start. We love, um, we love it when the, uh, our clients can come into the studio as well while we're, when we're recording it oh, at cool. the end. That's it's cool. fantastic for their social media. They're there with their live cameras oh, going, we're in the studio awesome. today, by the way, everybody. Yeah, and, recording you know, our own anthem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how many brands can actually say that and just walk yeah. into a studio and do that? Um, but we love the process. And, um, and what we try and do is create um, that whole style guide as you'd get with a logo. So it's not just one anthem that you get, like, which might be a two minute song, like a, what you'd hear on Spotify, but we're doing instrumental versions for you. We're doing the, the little, um, you know, snippet of, gotcha. uh, you know, for your podcast or your, your video intros or your phone home messages with a voiceover over the top, nice. you know, so that you can actually use this and take it anywhere um, and use it for everything. And every time that somebody's listening to you or ringing in or coming to your event or, you know, seeing your video on, um, on social media, they're not just seeing it. 
they're seeing it and then they're moving on and then something stuck in their mind, you know, which is that little catchy thing, that little catchy hook that we put in there that we, um, that resonates with them. So, and how often does it happen that, you know, you're in the middle of the writing process and all of a sudden one of the clients just comes up with the absolute gold and says, Oh, that's great. Let's grab that. And it becomes a co collaboration. Oh, look, we have had clients that, you know, because we create what we call a demo first, um, you know, and then like, like we'll work with that with client and then client will say, Oh, you know, like, can we do this? Can we change that? And, and we'll say, yes, that will fit. It's all about the flow at the end of the day, as long as it's, it resonates and it, um, that Makes goal sense of, yeah, to the target audience. So got to have that always in mind because we're, we're pretty mindful that, you know, um, that business owners will also say, Oh, but can we put our phone number in there? Or can we, you know, like, or can we put our tagline in there? And I'll say, if it works, definitely if it works for the, the goal that you're wanting to achieve definitely because all those kinds of things can also be added you know at the end of the video as a voiceover and so forth um the reason why is because uh you know like we have had clients who've had to rebrand yeah. uh, and they've changed their name and yeah. guess what their brand them has actually carried them through because um it it had oh. uh because it didn't have their brand and their tagline in Isn't it that it has to be changed and uh, and through a rebrand, even when they change their brand colors and everything, their clients still recognize them yeah. because of their sound. You know, it it kind of makes that. it makes that rebrand process easier because you have that that underlying uh, um, music musicality or sonic branding to keep you to keep that transition simple. Exactly, I it's like, like saying we're still the same people. Mm. You know, um, we're just changing our name and and our our mission, our, our values, everything that we do for you, it's all still the same because it's all there in your brand. Love it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, well done. And in terms of the um, team building, I mean, you offer that to any, any companies, large, small, schools, yeah. whatever. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're even saying, you know, not even just businesses, but groups because it's yep. about connecting people. And, um, and it's so exciting because, um, you know, out of COVID has, uh, we're now doing this virtually. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and we're doing our first, uh, our first one next month uh, with a group uh, oh, cool. nationwide. Um, so they've got people all over Australia and, um, and we're bringing them to Hawaii, which is excellent. I'm so excited. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to be getting our, uh, our pina coladas out and our palm trees and so forth. It's going to be a lot of fun. 200 people. It's going to be oh, absolutely Lord. amazing. That is awesome. Well done. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, we're really, really loving it. And I think, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think a few, few businesses out there have seen from, from what's happened with the pandemic is that it has made the world closer. And, yeah. it, you know, like that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Is there any other um, strong effects on your business in the positive from the COVID situation? Anything else that you've changed or adapted or things that have come about that you said, wow, I never thought that might have even existed, but now we're just going to roll that out. Oh, look, I think the virtual team building has been the biggest one so far, but, uh, but, but we're also now connecting with businesses overseas that we haven't connected with. We're, um, we're talking to Singapore at the moment, you know, like, and we've got connections in America. Um, you know, we're through the podcast. We've got a lot of listeners now in Europe and UK and Germany and all sorts of things. So, um, so it, it has um, made us stretch out 
more than what yeah. we would have probably done or, or the courage to stretch out um, yeah. more than what we would have done more recently had it not been COVID. So. Oh, wow. And here's a great question. It's just something that come to my mind. I mean, I love talking to creative people. I mean, obviously, when you're working as a creative person, but your business is still, you know, it's a business and it has its own, you know, it's the standard business rules and regulations and processes and things that you have to do day to day. How do you balance, how do you balance that? How do you keep your creative juices flowing when you can get sucked into the day to day grind of administration and operations and things like that? Look, that's a really, really good question. And, uh, you know, I've taken the last couple of months to really understand balance, mm -hmm. um, understand um, what I call alignment in my, in my business. Um, so I don't do where, where I was quite manic before. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd always done that as a business person. Mm. I now understand that, uh, that in order to be successful, you don't have to hustle so much you don't yeah. have to panic or you know or just accept everything yeah. um you know be really really clear on your um on your purpose and and use that as an anchor for me uh, that is really uh where i get my balance from so i everything that i do whether it is administration or whether it is creating something you know like of being creative I'm always doing it now um, from a point of inspiration. Gotcha. So every every part of it is, um, you know, like I look at it and sort of say, because I'm doing this, I get to do this. And um, and I, I'm loving every moment of it. I'm having the ride of my life. So That's amazing. Yeah. And does it happen that you, know, you something comes into your head at like one o'clock in the morning and you have to get out of bed and say, go to the piano, I've got it? Or do you you're kind of a bit more methodical and you, know, and you plan it a little more? I, I'm going to say this and I hope it's appropriate <laughs> to say it, but I get all my inspiration in the shower. Yeah, there you go. There you the go. shower to the stage. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get all my inspiration in the car. Oh, do you? Uh, it's I know that when I go for a drive, I'm, I, I purposely go out for a drive once a day because I know that that's where I'm going to have, I just put some music on and I know that that's where all these ideas are just going to come flooding through when I'm not thinking about something else. And it's probably the same for you. So you take long showers. Yeah, I do. I, I don't want to show you what my water bill is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I really, really resonate with that. And, and like, it is true. It's like your mind sort of like, you know, it just it's allows. Yeah. yeah. Access the subconscious. And that's when all the creative juices start flowing. That is. Oh, that's fantastic. I love oh, that. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> well done. And so, Dean, do you want to maybe, if you can, or if you, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear a, a case study or two, not mentioning any business names, but I'd love to hear how you might have, you know, worked with a company, do the couch dive, um, created an incredible anthem, and their business has just quadrupled ever since. Look, uh, the one that I'll, I love go is my go-to sort of case study. And, um, you know, I, I originally approached her and it wasn't for a brand them initially. Um, there's a lady, her name is Kylie Drew. And okay. uh, at the time when I met her, she wanted to be, um, she was running a, like a dance competition in Australia. Nice. Yeah. Um, she's based in Victoria. And she wanted to expand that and become like the leading dance organisation or dance competition in Australia. Nice. 
and um, and she's pretty much a uh, she's like a gun, Kylie. You know, whatever she goes for, she she That's really it. goes straight ahead. And so it was just out of conversation that um, that we were talking, and I was talking about you know uh, her end of the or one of her competitions, and she was talking about how she used like at the end of each competition, she'd put on Justin Timberlake or One yep. Direction. Are you familiar with those guys? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Cause like, you know, like, you know. I like music from all ages and all genres. Oh, beautiful. Well, as, as you know, like those songs are quite, you know, pop driven. They're very young. Obviously her target market is young girls. <laughs> so um, young dancers and they love that kind of stuff. And so I said to her just out of the blue, I said, you know, for, for what you're doing, you know, have you ever thought about having your own, your own song? Nice. And she said, oh, I'd love to, you know, <laughs> you can do that. And I said, well, I can do that for you. And she goes, but Dean, if you're going to do something like this for me, it's got to be better than Justin Timberlake <laughs> or One Direction. Oh, and pressure. I said to her, no, no, are you serious? Like, so anyway, look, I, I wrote a track for her called Believe It, Be It. And, um, and I used to, you know, take dancing lessons when I was a kid, you know, and, um, and I had to tap into that because like, that was really, um, about, you know, just shining and, yeah. you know, allowing yourself to shine and taking your moment. Cool. And so, uh, so I wrote this song for her, which she fell absolutely fell in love with. And I was so relieved because I thought, well, okay, we've Thank met God. the Justin Timberlake uh, <laughs> benchmark. Yep. And, um, and so she used it on absolutely everything from her events to her, uh, her live videos to everything. She yeah. actually even, she's got it on iTunes at the moment. Oh, wow. How cool. Um, and, and so all she, what she has done, she's, she's like the, you know, like the client that really takes something and, go, and runs with it. Um, and so she's been able to use that now to be recognised. So she's not just taken her competition Australia-wide. She's now in Auckland. She's in the UK, uh, USA and so forth. And not just that, but like she's got videos of kids in Scotland that hear this song, you know, heard this song on her videos and like are singing it. You know, and like it just melts her heart because oh, like cool. they're singing her brand, and when they sing her brand, they're sharing that with all their networks. You know, who know her brand, and um, the, you know, like it's it's just absolutely phenomenal. So mm. she's she's really taken that to the next level, to the next level of success for her. So it just goes that. to show you the power of music and what you can do to amplify um, and augment your branding. Exactly. And she hasn't even, you know, tapped into podcasts yet, which is probably right. the next thing for her, but she's used it on, on all of her live stuff um, and, and a lot of her videos as well. So yeah, they know her as, as, and recognize her as this song. So. How cool is that? Well done. What a sensational um, case study and a sensational example of what you can do. Oh, thank you. Oh, well done. Well, Dean, I mean, that is absolutely brilliant. I love listening to stories like that, they're a little bit more creative and mixing creativity with business and marketing. And I've learned so much about what's potentially um, useful in the future, because as we said, you know, it's now starting only now is voice technology starting to take off and become mainstream. And it's only got to get more and more um, apparent. So I think, you know, it's a time for everybody to really start thinking about how they can use sonic branding, 
to to accompany all their other branding. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that businesses don't really think of at the start. You know, when you're starting a business, you're obviously thinking of the logo first and that's always a great starting point. And then obviously building your clientele and so forth. Um, and then your marketing has to come into play. Um, but look, I'm going to say this, I'm pretty honest when it comes to people, you know, Sonic branding isn't for everybody, you know, yeah. uh, like I usually say, if you're not using, um, you know, quite a few channels like audio inclusive channels, like if you haven't got a phone, hold line or a message system you know where people can ring in and be and be on hold yeah you know or if you have you're not using video on social media you might not have a podcast or yeah exactly this might not be for you because like what's the point of having a brand them if nobody's going to hear it um but if you're if you're sort of thinking in that space and you're already marketing yourself in that space on podcast on video on um and you've got you know phone hold if you do events if you do webinars if you do Definitely. You know, um, if you've got a venue, you know, that people come into, even a reception area, you know, these are things that you might not have, you know, thought of before um, that you're probably using like either, you know, Spotify or you're using, um, you know, that generic music. But just have a think about it, you know, especially when people are clicking on, um, on your content why do you want them to click on your content? You want them to listen, obviously. You want them to stick around to listen and you want them to remember you and come back. So um, we're part of that. We're not about making people come back, but we're about connecting with people and we're about being memorable so that every time they do click, then, you know, there's a part of you that they take with them, you know, and it stays, it sticks. Absolutely. And marketing these days is, you know, it's constantly evolving. You have, as a marketer, You have to continue to think about new ways to market. You've got to think outside the box. You've got to keep hitting your audience, your target market from different angles. So, you know, initially you might start with a logo and you might start with your colors and your branding, blah, blah, blah. But then when the time is right, let's bring in some Sonic branding as well. And then later on, bring in something else. But you've got to really hit people from all angles as a marketer. And, you know, it's only makes perfect sense. Exactly. And I think this this also brings that... um, level of authenticity in there and connection because this um, what Sonic Branding does well in terms of what we do with it anyway there's lots of people who do uh, Sonic Branding out there you know whether it's jingles or whether it's just you know even like just instrumentals and so forth but what we do is we really take the time to understand your target audience at the end of the day they're the people buying from you Um, so if you don't connect with them then you know (laughs) like you you or, or even connect with people that could potentially be your clients and understand them then you know you're not connecting with them and they'll be buying from your competitors it's just as easy as that i think at the end of the day if you can have a strong connection and a deep connection with your customers then it's sort of like can i just ask you darren what's one of your favorite artists or bands that you've that you've stuck with for a oh, prince comes to mind <laughs> prince is like my musical genius Oh, well, it's like that. I mean, like when you, when you think of an artist that you truly love, you know, that you've, that you've been a loyal fan of for years, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we think music has the power to do. Sure. Like, and same with actors, like certain actors, you will, actors or actresses, you will always watch anything that they do because you're just, you know, you idolize them. It's been the same thing. Yes, it really is. It truly is. You know, they, they really, um, you know, uh, you become a fan that, yeah. you know, they, they a really raving fan. I love that. So true. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. 
Well done. Well, Dean, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I know um, we sort of mentioned before, if, um, like a little challenge, and, and yeah. I'll pop that in the links as well. So Definitely. if you do want to uh, have a listen um, or, or give that a go and, and you reckon you can identify 60 songs in 60 seconds just to prove whether or not it can be done, love you to try. Definitely. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes and in the notes when I post this on social, etc. So please look out for them and give that a go. Um, and for everybody out there who needs some sonic branding, talk to Dean from Brantham. Or if you want some team building, talk to Dean because it sounds like a fantastic um, culture. And I think you'd have a lot of fun working with everyone. Thank you so much, Darren. It's been Pleasure. Well. And before I let you go, I always like to ask you for one final thought. Anything that comes to mind, whether it's about music, whether it's about anything else, what comes to mind? Oh, look, uh, I've got a lot of things that I put on T-shirts these days. And one of the ones um, that I've got on another T-shirt, which is this. um, In a world of, uh, sorry, in a world of marketing sell-sell, be authentic. Nice. I love it. So true. So true. Well done. Well, Dean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, all the audience out there, thank you so much for supporting this show and listening. Another great episode. We'll be back very, very soon for another. And uh, everybody have a fantastic afternoon and bye for now. Thanks again, Dean. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron.